Hello and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. Want to welcome you in. Happy New Year. If you're catching us live, it is January the 6th, our first Nonprofit Exchange for 2015. We're so excited to have with us Ken Rashawn today. Ken is going to be joining us to talk a lot about engaging a following. and It's going to be a very exciting time, but before we get into Ken, want to remind you of some very important things. We have every week, our, following our nonprofit exchange, we have hashtag nonprofit chat. We are going live on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can join us as we continue the conversation from today about engaging a following. You can find us at Twitter. You can find us at twelves.com slash nonprofit chat. You can follow that chat chime in with us, ask, answer questions, ask questions of others, and learn as you think about engaging your community. Always want to remind you about Nonprofit Performance Magazine. You can get your issue at www.nonprofitperformance.org. Our December issue on values is available for free in a digital edition, or you can subscribe for a hard copy. want to remind you, coming up in March, March 1st, we launch the third issue of Nonprofit Performance Magazine with a focus on millennials in the nonprofit world. Thank you so much for being with us. I am Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, joined by uh, our founder, our president, Hugh Ballou. Hugh, welcome us in. Hey, Happy New Year, Todd. You're, uh, we used to be together in Virginia, now you're down in Alabama, and I'm in Virginia, and our guest is somewhere else, and we'll let him tell us. I first met, first met Ken at a business growth conference where we attend called CEO Space, and Ken's this guy behind the camera, and I saw his pictures. I said, wow, this guy's not just a photographer. He knows how to capture the moment. And then I started learning more about Ken, and I said, let's, uh, let's introduce him to Todd. And Todd, you put this together today, and we're talking about building and engaging a following on social media. So, Ken, welcome to this nonprofit exchange. And one of the tools that we need to know about is how in the world we can get people following us, but how do we engage them? So, Talk a little bit. Tell us where you are located physically, and uh, I think you have snow on the ground where you are. And secondly, what makes you qualified to talk about this topic? Give us a little perspective on who you are and what you bring to the table. Take it away, Ken. Sure. First of all, Happy New Year to both of you and to your listeners. I wanted to say uh, it is nice and snowy here, so I actually decided to spend the day at home instead of at my office. And uh, what makes me qualified is that I started doing events probably about three years ago. Uh, my mom passed of Alzheimer's, and I decided I would start focusing on nonprofits and good causes in my next business, which is the Umbrella Syndicate. And uh, I'm a scientist by background, so I like to actually uh, study what happens with numbers and statistics. And so I decided I would do one whole year of going to events, and I did 300 events in one year just to see how audiences would behave if I showed them the photo that I was taking of them and told them where that photo would appear, which would typically be on our page as well as the host page, which was typically a nonprofit or a good cause. Lots of nonprofits and uh, good causes or philanthropic organizations have very meager budgets to work with, or they're trying to make as much of the money that they 
uh, allocate or raise go towards the cause itself, whether it's research, awareness, or what have you. So that, that became a very easy um, industry uh, to, to penetrate. And after doing about 300 events, I was quite clear that there were certain techniques you could do to make sure that you were able to create viral campaigns. At this point, we, ra uh, we have roughly 50 to 70,000 people that are reached on our Facebook page. Uh, I have stats and, and a presentation that I can certainly make available to uh, your listeners later. But uh, we, we have 156,000 clicks on our page this week to see photos. And that is from that audience of about 50 to 70,000. Our talking about is roughly 1,000 to 2,000 people a day. It has reached as high as 3,000. And just to tell you what those numbers mean, if you have a talking about that is organic and it's 1,000 to 2,000 people a day, those are unpaid salespeople. Those are unpaid uh, announcers and, and sharers and reporters of your message. And if you do not buy Facebook ads and you're using an organic audience like I am, what's happening is you're getting like-minded people that like to attend nonprofit events and good causes and philanthropic uh, events, and they share it with people that would care about that. So for instance, when I met you at CEO Space U, uh, I was able to not only get an audience at CEO Space to visit the photos uh, of CEO Space, but the like-minded people that they hang around with, which added up to alarming numbers. We're talking that 6,000 to 10,000 people were coming to the Facebook page on CEO Space to learn about CEO Space and what value that had. The reason I'm so interested in this is it's, it's, it's a guerrilla marketing technique. It does not cost very much money to do this. It simply costs, as you, as you stated before, a, a good photographer, and sometimes you can get the photographer to uh, do it on trade as in kind sponsorship. There, there's not really a big reason you can't find a photographer in this day and age in this economy that doesn't have a good heart that wouldn't be willing to donate some of their time for good causes and good messages. So my background is really that my mom uh, died of Alzheimer's and I wanted to give my time, half the time that I was shooting, to good causes and, and good organizations that were trying to make the world a better place. So sorry for the long-winded answer, but that, that's pretty much what I put up. No, that's, uh, I wouldn't cut anything out. That's a very, I, I learned some things. I've known you in a short period of time, but and we've had several, uh, very few conversations, but I'm learning more each time. Now, one of the important things um, I want to delve into, um, you are very skilled as a photographer, so the images you put up are very good images. And you're talking about the traffic, so let's, let's sort of put this question in context. Um, there's an acronym called HITS. H-I-T-S. People brag about how many hits they have on your on their website. I, the acronym I learned from Tom Antion is how idiots track success. It's not how many people come; it's what they do when they get there. So it's um, the engagement part of this this thing today. So the, the the photos stand out and they capture people. And then how do we then engage them in something that's meaningful? And by the way. You have snow on the ground. Where would that be? Uh, this is uh, in Ellicott City, Maryland, about 25 minutes from D.C. and about 20 minutes from Baltimore. Got it. Got it. So I want to put you in, in the map. So this engagement piece is very elusive, and you're, you've managed to have people want to do things. Uh, so talk about the engagement piece a little bit. Well, I forgot to mention that uh, when we first attempted to do this conference call last year, I purposely sabotaged it because I wanted to be the very first guest. <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> make a mention that. 
So with regard to your question of, of how you get this engagement, uh, you're, I found that most photographers have, uh, and this is not to put photographers down, photography as an industry is not really built for social media, quite frankly. You actually have to tweak it and change your habits. So a photographer normally would go into an event, take pictures, stay there the whole time, and have too much content, and it would be overwhelming for him to turn it around in one day, typically, or she. And so you get the photos back in an untimely manner, usually two weeks to two months, and there's not really any interest at that point. So what I studied was uh, three facets. One is instead of taking a predictable picture, try to take an imperfect picture, meaning angles, humor, um, really just offset pictures. Because if people see the same shot and it's a very perfect shot, it's actually boring. It's, it's too predictable, so they won't click through the photos. So that was one thing I learned. The second thing I learned was if I take a photo of someone and I keep it a secret, what's their engagement with me offline to even want to go online to see it? So I would turn my camera around and I'd show them the photo and say, hey, here's a picture I took of you. Is it okay if I put this on Facebook for this you know, nonprofit? And, and then I get their consent at that point. So several things happen. First of all, uh, they're clear where the photo's going to go. They're clear where they can find the photo. And I'm clear that they don't have an objection to me using their photo support to support that nonprofit. And the third thing, obviously, is that when I make the promise to them that they're going to see it the following morning, <laughs> that they better see it the next morning. Now, that, that means that my eyeballs uh, are going to look awful tired some days because I either have to go home after an event and I have to post it before I go to bed or go to bed and set my alarm for 4 o'clock so I can have the photos up by 6 a.m. Now, the tactic that we use, uh, you didn't catch me on this before, but I said I did 300 events in one year, 300. Now, that's on top of my regular schedule. That's on top of my DJ schedule. We didn't really bring up that I DJ, but I DJ weddings on Saturday nights, and that's how I actually am able to afford doing all these uh, donating events and philanthropic acts. So when I do an event, I simply shoot for one hour. And, and you may not realize that, Hugh, because when you see me at CEO space, you see me kind of darting and dodging, and I'm kind of doing about eight hours, in some cases 12 hours of photography, which means on the backside of that, I have to do about an hour of cleanup per shooting time. So if I shoot for two hours, I usually vacate myself and try and get caught up a little bit so I can post some photos. But in the real world, i.e., D.C., Maryland area where I live, and I'm able to have the luxury of going to an event for an hour and leaving, I typically am getting the photos done in 12 hours or less. We promise our clients 24 hours or less. Now, what that means is you can train an audience in actually a geographic region that if they see your logo, they can count on the fact they'll see the photos the next day. What I've learned, this is really crucial, is if you put the photos up before 6 a.m., and preferably before midnight when you go to bed, before midnight would be Let's call it 100% viral. And in our case, if there's 100 people that go to the event, we will see as much as three to 4,000 people are reaching a viral campaign. If I wait till 6 a.m., it does not go down too far. It only goes down about 5%. It's not that much because most people are forgiving that they don't, they don't want to stay up all night to find the photos anyway. But when they get up and they have their cup of coffee, there's a lot of people that go to Facebook, specifically our page or the host page, and start what we call as the catalyst. Because our page has 1,000 to 2,000 people talking about it, the page is called a prime page. It means it breaks the algorithm. The second that we put, put photos up, we already have people that are curious and interested in what we did last night, not even caring what we did, just wondering what we did last night. There's a, um, there's a, a radio show host called Howard Stern, and one of the, my favorite quotes that I heard about how popular he is is that people say, I have to hear him 
I love Howard Stern. I have to hear him because I don't know what's going to happen next. And then the other quote is, I hate him. I have to hear him because I want to know what he's going to say next. So our, our page is only good messages, so we don't have anything that's, that we have to be embarrassed about or that clouds what we're about, which is amplifying good messages. That means good leadership, good events, and good causes. We're very strict about making sure we stick on those three items. And when we're doing that, it's causing a good feel feeling on our page, which means several things. One, that our audience can counter, and if they go to our page, they're going to feel good and positive about what we're doing. Secondly, they can support it, they can share it, they can like it. And three, we're building that audience with the new people that we meet each night at a new event. So we have a, a tactic of finding the best event anywhere in the United States, in our backyard typically. So we're always adding a good event to our page each day, so the stories stay very relevant to this area. Ken, one of the things that stands out to me as you're talking here, and I've seen it on your Facebook page and I've seen the events that you've done, is you're really talking about a carryover of what we would consider as offline community and you're bringing them online through some sense of immediacy. You're, you're building anticipation in what they're doing and, and to Hugh's point earlier, you're building that sense of encouraged engagement. So it's the idea that I, I know what's coming, and I'm looking forward to it. Not only that, but I want to share it with others. Is that correct? That is correct. And because those audiences are very like-minded in that they want to see a better world, they want to support people that are, that are leaders, that are, that are getting behind these good messages, there's three components to this that are, that are pretty exciting. One component is because we already have a crowd that really likes these nonprofits, we get them to support just the promotion of the event. So... Think about this. A church is doing an event in a month. We have an audience that would support that church's message already without even using the church's audience. So then the word gets spread out. Let's say 5,000 people or more find out about this event. At any conversion level, they're going to have more people come to that event than we're going to come to the event in the first place. Then we go to the event and we pick a specific hour that is a crucial hour. So for instance, I might ask Hugh, uh, this church is having an event from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. We're going to come out for an hour to make sure we can get the photos up by tomorrow morning. What hour would you prefer to you? And then you would tell me whether it's the first hour, the final hour, the awards hour, whatever it is. And we would come in there on clockwork, just like we uh, did at that one event you asked us to come out to. And the photos go up the next day. Now, that's only if there's uh, a sense of urgency. For instance, the event that I think I did with you, there was no sense of urgency. So uh, we had an event that morning we had to get up the next day. Okay, and then the third component of it is the viral campaign, and I uh, shared with you that as long as we get those photos up within typically 12 hours to 24 hours, you're going to see somewhere around 90 to 95% uh, potential for the viral campaign to happen. So just to give you an idea, if a photographer was to wait one day, I've seen the viral uh, statistics go down as much as like 30 to 40 percent. It's 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 amazing. So instead of 100 people being seen by four or five thousand people, they're being seen by like two to three thousand people. And if you wait two days, forget about it. You're you're down to like 30 percent viral. That's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. I heard several things. One was um, you're very clear. You said that leadership was one of them. I picked up on that. There's there's three key topics that you center in on. So it's very clear brand imaging. You're, you're, you're narrowing in on this is what we are about. So it's the whole purposeful uh, placement of these. You also said the timing. What you just talked about, if there's an event, get it up that night. 
because um, it's a very fragile environment online. The other one said, uh, the other thing I picked up on is 300 events a year. That means you don't sleep, right? Well, the key is if you're doing 300 events and you're doing it in this tactical way, you actually are only losing about three hours to four hours a day if you're donating your time. And if you're obviously if you're charging for it, then you're only working four hours on tops. And I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the reason why. The average event takes about 30 minutes to an hour to get to in our area. Uh, traffic, you know the traffic in this area. And then one hour for the capture, one hour for the return, and then typically it's about one hour to post-process. And it, uh, the post-process is really crucial. If you do not do the post-process and you just uploaded the photos, uh, quite frankly, you get a raw photo. Lighting could be wrong. Composition could be a little off. Coloring could be a little off. And what happens is that doesn't create that dazzling wow factor when they see the photo online the next day. So it, it really is critical we spend, you know, about five to ten seconds correcting that photo. When I go and I work with organizations doing planning, they overlook a very important area, the area that you serve. And it talk to two things here. Um, having a point person that's a communications or a media manager who just manages these things inside the organization. They don't have anything else to do with the events, but they serve this purpose, either coordinating with someone like you or doing it themselves. So they're purposed in getting the message out. Because basically what you're talking about is centered around images and creating relationships that they talk about these topics. So talk about having somebody dedicated and then talk about when people come and they interact, is there a call to action? Is there some prompting that you want people to do something? So talk about this person that's going to manage this media and then talk about how do we then get people to do something. Okay, you, you've really opened up uh, not just a beautiful question, but it's a great tangent to a couple other items, if I may. So first of all, it's not just about the image. It's about the message with the image. So for instance, if I load up uh, 100 photos about CEO space, to give, since we have that common language and event that we've done together, the people that are seeing that, they don't want to just see the photos. They want to see why. Why is this event being shown on our page? So we say CEO space is a forum for leaders who are taking their game to the next level. The focus is on authors, speakers, inventors, people that are really trying to change the world for better. So that we can put in the photo album what the message of that event is. And in that message, we can hyperlink you know, the sponsors. We can hyperlink the like page. And all these things cause traffic to these other pages. When we share the album on another page, it is tripping the algorithm on Facebook. So for instance, if our page is seen by, uh, let's say, talking about 2,000 people, that's wonderful because it's already going to catapult it out of the algorithm. But if we share it on your page, Todd's page, people that we know at the event, it literally starts doing some very tricky numbers because uh, Facebook's uh, algorithm is, is actually checking to see how important this is to that, that community of Facebook. So when it's being shared like crazy and someone knows what they're doing with this, you don't necessarily have to pay for advertising. In fact, if you pay for advertising, you may actually be paying for the wrong audience where this is a natural organic audience that's being uh, captured by people that are like-minded. So that, that's very key. Uh, now, the thing I uh, am, there's two points I want to bring in, in that are those tangent items. One is an event is amazing content when it's a good message. Would you agree? It's amazing content. So someone works on the, a church event, a good cause, that would be considered amazing content. Okay? Without the distribution, it's called a secret. Mm. And what we're trying to do is tell good secrets. So 
we need a point person that understands that if we're not there, we don't tell the message. If we are not there, and if it can be someone besides the umbrella city, you just need a distribution channel that's extremely effective, very social media uh, minded and savvy. Savvy is a very good word here because you do not want someone wasting money or wasting this wonderful message from getting out in the world. I would hypothesize that with these large numbers, these odd, uh, that there's a tipping point right around seven frequencies that could cause literally a doubling factor of that, that organization's success. I don't think that this is the type of campaign that should be considered for one, one and done. It doesn't work because that's called just awareness. But if you do a frequency of, let's call it seven and seven months, that is at least starting to get the word engagement in place. Engagement's critical because engagement causes people to think, like, and share, and talk about, and that's going to cause a movement. So that's, that's really an important facet. So the last thing I'm going to talk about, and then, and then I'm going to bring it right back to you, is there is a confusion of when we have a camera in our hand that we are a photographer. We are actually a marketing company and a social media company and we deemed a word that I do not think is in, on the internet. It's called social media photography. And so when someone says we have a photographer, I say, do you have a social media photographer? And then they trip up or they've never heard it before, most likely. And they say, no, what is that? And I say, a social media photographer. Someone that's only going for one hour. Of the event, social media page, so that you can actually. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I have a frozen picture. I don't know if it's my internet or if it's Ken's. I think we might be dealing with a little freeze up in uh, Ellicott City there. So, uh, I, I think I think what we're dealing with is something that's so so serious and so important to organizations that we're talking about when we're talking about the nonprofit, the social benefit leaders. Uh, Hugh, it's funny because it seems almost every individual who comes on the nonprofit exchange, one of the things that we're hearing from them is this concept that you can't do a one-off. You know, a lot of yeah. times we, we like to dabble. We, we like to, oh, I tried that. Well, what does that look like? I, I remember going back to, to Bill Gilmer. Bill talked about, you know, uh, as people send out mailings, I tried that once, but but what Ken's talking about here, like everybody else, is the fact that if we're talking about making impact, then we're talking about a consistent use of a method and a message. And I think Ken, that that's so important uh, as we drive deeper into our audience, is that we've got to understand that this isn't just a one-off. I can't do it once and think I've figured it out. I've got to continue that process because you said that's when you get true engagement. Your, your consistency word just rang a bell. I think it's almost like you have a, a map in your lap. <laughs> yeah, you really do. That was really well said. Um, I'd like to also say that it, when you're bringing in a new technology, not everyone's aware of what Facebook does uh, or, or this how to create a viral campaign or why they even want to create a viral campaign. So it's a great idea if you have a social media photographer, i.e. someone like myself, explain the game plan. Explain how they can serve the cause, how they can serve uh, the, the event and the message and the leadership by doing something simple like if I take three minutes or five minutes before the event, I say, hey, everyone, these photos will be on this page, the cause, okay, for instance. And that page, you can count on those photos being on. Would you please do just two things? Would you please go to the page tomorrow morning when you get up 
and then share it on your page and like it. And if you have an extra like page, share it on your like page as well. But if you really believe in this message, you doing that will really make a huge difference in how many people we reach. And I tell them if everyone does that, they can multiply by the amount of people there by about 30 to 40, which is an outrageous amount of reach with that participation. It doesn't sound that much if you just say it like that, but when you actually see the number blossom into three or 4,000, and then you look at other pages. I, I run over 800 pages, so I know how most pages perform, and they're not doing these little tricks, even though I tell them if you do it weekly or daily or monthly, you're going to see some amazing results. I'm, I'm blown away by the tipping point aspect. Our page right now, even though it, it has uh, 2,000 people talking about it, you would think that we'd get a lot of business from it. From a conversion standpoint, it's very small. We get three or four events a day, but they are the biggest events. You, we couldn't ask for bigger events than what we're getting at this point. We've been to the White House six times in the last two years. I've never been to the White House for any event in my life until I started this company. We have been to BET red carpet events. We've been to Oscars events. We, I mean, it is just unbelievable what we're getting invited to. And we're going to events where there are people that are moving communities or possibly even the, the nation. And here we are rubbing elbows with them because we're that important from a statistical, not a photographic standpoint or artistic standpoint, but using the word art, art is actually uh, pretty important. Most photographers are technically adept. They are amazing at explaining how they get the lighting correct. They may be even able to explain why they're doing the composition. I like to hire artists, and I even call my photographers artists because I want them to connect and be creative and do things that are unpredictable. So uh, I... I really believe if you're just going to do a regular photograph, it's not going to be really social media friendly. It's going to be too consistent, too predictable, and I'm blown away by the more perfect it is, the lower it performs. So uh, you know, uh, Hugh, that we do some photobombing? We do some photobombing. Well, we have a book coming out, The Art of Photobombing. I never would have considered such a book to be a business book. We are actually writing half the book about how you create engagement through uh, photobombing. And the photobombing that happens at CUS Space for your information, Todd, is not just a silly act. It's actually uh, very uh, tactical and strategic. Again, we have people that photobomb, like really cool people, like really important people, very influential people. And the deal is they're, able, they're allowed to photobomb the first picture. Then I'll say something to the effect of, hey, Todd, let me just do one more picture to make sure I got this right. They have to vacate that picture. They cannot ruin the real shot. But because I have the photobomb shot, we have something that's going to either make you laugh or make the audience laugh. And I would never do it to someone that would take photobombing as a, a, a disrespectful act. So we, we do this all in fun, but it causes a tremendous amount of engagement. I found that photobombing you almost doubles that 20 to 30, I mean, I'm sorry, 30 to 40 impact, which is just mind-boggling. So when I get photobombers to help with those CEO space pictures, CEO space is getting the best gift they could possibly get. <laughs> and you know what's fine? I want to if they haven't seen it, define photobombing, would you? Okay, photobombing is when there's someone that's getting their picture taken and someone behind that person makes either a funny face or a gesture or, or basically in some way makes it a ruined shot in a funny way. It, it's just not a shot that's considered a professional shot. Uh, and what, what's happened is that these photobombers have actually gotten more involved in the event, so they even share it with all their friends at a higher, uh, a higher share value. And so I have just, I've just been blown away by the amount of people that are sharing these albums because the engagement is tripled by humor. Humor is a really good way to let people know that the event is fun. So think about this. People are spending $7,000 to 
to go to an event called CEO Space. And by the way, people spend a lot of money to go to other events. I'm just speaking specifically on this event that you and I share a common bond on. And if people are seeing these photos, and they're seeing people being photobombed, they're seeing laughter, they're seeing people having a good time, the, the, the general assumption and perception is these people spend a lot of money and they're having a blast and they're learning. Like it's not like you'd say they're having fun and they waste their money. You just there's just not that kind of thought process. So when you do a church nonprofit event and you don't create fun in that event, what happens is the message gets out that those are not fun events. So it really is critical. It doesn't have to be photobombing, but you need to capture laughter. You need to capture humor uh, in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I, I love the people at CEO Space because they're so comfortable with their leadership. They're so comfortable with who they are. And having a little fun like that doesn't take away that they're serious about doing business, they're serious about their message, they're serious about making a difference. Kid, well, it's sort of the mask that we pretend to be. I'm sorry, Todd. We takes off the mask that we pretend to be, and we can be ourselves. And the, the, the underlying piece that I'm getting from this is that, yes, it's social media, but it's relationship building that you're doing. So, Todd, excuse me for interrupting, but I, this is all really very brilliant. And uh, your specialty I want to point out is Facebook. You have other media that you have team members do, and I, I don't know Facebook as well as you do. I do Twitter, but this is probably this same strategy would work on different platforms. What you've been is consistent. You've been engaging. You've broken the mold with the dull photograph, and you've been very purposeful in how you're putting it out there. So I don't want to shut up because I cut you off. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I, I was thinking what's so interesting about this is what Ken is doing is he's using a disruptive composition to disrupt the way that we think about engagement. And I think there's something that's really unique about that because, uh, Ken, you, you've talked a couple times about uh, using the composition of the photo to uh, give people insight into the leadership of an individual, into the event, the cause. And I think that there's so much uh, that's wrapped up in that, that we, we oftentimes create too much staging Right. And we, we, we fail to allow the personality of our organizations to come out in these events. And I think that's, that's so unique. And, and, and we're talking about how do we engage a following. Well, a following doesn't come for a staged photo. A following doesn't come for a staged event. They want to see the personality that they identify with, the passions, the values of an organization. They want to see that on display. And I think what you're doing is you're, you're cluing us into a disruptive process uh, that is important for us. Beautifully said, Todd. I, I, I'm so glad you touched on this because a lot of leaders, if you just photograph them as a serious leader, you've never turned it into their humanity. And when you have that leader stick his tongue out or bug his eyes out or just um, do a photobomb, whatever it is, what happens is that person all of a sudden instantaneously becomes approachable. He's approachable online, he's approachable offline. The reason I use Facebook, by the way, because I think all platforms have their strengths and weaknesses. And I chose Facebook for one simple reason, two simple reasons. One is it's very event-friendly. You can create an event on Facebook, you can share it with the masses, and it can get a lot of traction. So the promotional uh, value is very, very high. The second part is we are not doing Instagram photos. We're not doing a photo live and throwing it up there. We're doing a photo that's finished. We're just doing it in a very timely fashion. We're doing a, a modest amount. So. To give you an idea, when we normally do an event where they do require us to be there for four hours, we bring in four photographers. One hour, first hour, second hour, third hour, fourth hour. The first hour is already back home, processing photos and probably publishing that evening, so that the other three can kick back a little bit. So we call it a, um, priming, priming the, uh, the album. So when you put the first 30 photos up, 
and you release it to the host and you share it on the host page, what happens is people say, hey, photos are up. So the first wave actually looks at the photos. Then when we put new photos into that album, because people already talk about that album, then you're having those people find out that there's new photos. They go back and, and it, it keeps adding more and more viral components to it. So you don't want to actually, if you had a thousand photos, for instance, you wouldn't want to put them all up at one point. You'd want to put up 50 to 100 to get a real good taste of what was going to happen. And then you'd stage the next uh, three uploads, uh, typically over 40 hours, actually. And, and each time you do that, you say, more photos are up, and it causes a new wave. And, and it, it actually uh, increases those frequencies to turn into a different thing. This is really interesting, Ken. You, you talk about priming, and uh, we're, we're in a situation here where we're coming to the end of our program, and it's been so quick and exciting. Ken, if somebody wants to learn more about you, they want to learn more about what you're doing with the Umbrella Syndicate, how can they get in contact with you? Well, I was going to uh, say that it's, it's really all right here, but I, it's not. It is, it is, <laughs> I have a book called Umbrella Marketing, and uh, the Umbrella Syndicate is on Facebook, and if you go to our website, we really tell people we don't care about our website. We care about our reach and social media, so Facebook's our favorite place to be. We are on Twitter. We're on a couple other platforms. Uh, my name is Ken at TheUmbrellaSyndicate.com. Kim, who is uh, the person who helps coordinate all the events, she coordinates about 1,000 events a year. Uh, hers is Kim at The Umbrella Syndicate. And if you forget all those names, just think Amplify. Amplify at TheUmbrellaSyndicate.com because we believe any message that's worth sharing to the world should be amplified. And if you think about Amplify from the true sense of the, uh, the mechanism of an amplifier, there's no distortion of the message. It's just being said louder. Okay, so when we run 800 pages, our commitment to those pages is that we'll never put content on that page. We'll only amplify what that page is supposed to be doing. Obviously, if we put photos on, we're not changing content. We're actually just sharing what we saw, and we're very responsible about that. Fantastic. Ken, thank you so much. I, I think there's so much for each of us to learn as we think about engaging our following, taking the offline, bringing them online, taking the online, and engaging that offline. There's so much that brings it together. So I want to encourage everybody, if you're here, you're watching, you're listening in on the podcast, check us out, hashtag nonprofit chat. Uh, we'll be talking more in-depth about this idea of engaging your following. We want to make sure that we're thinking about our audience and we're building a product, we're building a service, we're building a relationship that gives them opportunity to engage with us in an approachable and relatable manner. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're so thrilled to have you with us. Uh, Hugh, thank you for uh, being with us live today. Uh, we want to thank you to our audience. A reminder to you, if you haven't yet had an opportunity, go check it out right now, nonprofitperformance.org. You can see issue number two, Values in the Nonprofit World. And remember, just around the corner, March 1st, Millennials in the Nonprofit World. They're not going away, folks. You better learn how to engage them. Again, I'm Todd Greer. Thank you for joining us for the Nonprofit Exchange. We look forward to seeing you Thursday at 9 p.m. Thank you so much and have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.